Our scripture passage this morning is Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 1. We're also going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. And that can be found in your pew Bible on page 1,874. Before we read God's word, would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we ask that you would enlighten us by your spirit. See the importance of who you are. So that in seeing who you are, we can know who we are. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Reading Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 now. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. As far as the reading of God's holy word, may he bless to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. Now, I don't know how many of you know this about me or not. Um, it's not that I've been trying to hide anything from you, but um, I am a fantasy novel nerd. If you go into my office, you'll see up on the top shelf uh, a whole couple shelves full of fantasy novels. And if you don't know what fantasy novels are, it's like Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, except that's elementary. You've got to get to the the bigger stuff after that. And uh, one of my favorite authors is Brandon Sanderson. I came across Brandon Sanderson as an author in the fantasy novel genre because he was the one given the task of finishing one of the greatest fantasy series um, in recent history called The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan passed away and his uh, widow who was also his editor, chose Brandon Sanderson, a young up-and-coming author, to finish out his series after he died. So I started reading Brandon Sanderson's books, and this is by far his, what I would call, magnum opus. You know, just let me, just let me be nerdy for a second here, okay? This book is called The Way of Kings. It's the first book in his series, The Stormlight Archive. And you have to read it to really be amazed by what this book is doing. So one thing that people really like about fantasy novels is called the world-building aspect of fantasy novels. You open it up, and I mean, look at this. Look at this. This is a map. I mean, I grew up doing this. Just, you love the maps. Roshar is the name of this place where this, uh, the story takes place. And the cultures are different. There's people that speak different languages 
the magic system, okay, don't get offended, all right, about that. The magic systems are, are intricate and detailed and how it works is even scientific and, 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 and it explains all this and you're reading this. There's, there's all these things that are going on in this book and you're amazed by the fact that a human being, a man, Brandon Sanderson, could have created all this in his head. And, and this guy's actually, he's a genius, okay? He's amazing. He, reads, he, he writes way quicker than any other fantasy novel writer out there right now. I mean, I, I've been waiting 10 years for one book to come out, the last book in this one series by Patrick Rothfuss, and he still hasn't come out with it. And this guy, he writes nonstop. And uh, one of the things that I'd love to do is I would love to go to a, a book signing event with Brandon Sanderson. Now, a couple years back, I was actually told by a couple friends of mine that there was one, and they went to it, and I didn't know anything about it. And I was bummed. My wife and I love him, his books. These are, this is our favorite series. We want to meet the author. And we think, you know, if we met the author, the one who created this imaginary world, this world full of cultures and different people and even races and creatures and, and all kinds of things like that with, with its own history and background and, and story, that it would help us appreciate the book even more. It helped us appreciate the world itself when you get to meet the author. And I mean, that's really, I think, why many of us struggle with appreciating the Bible. It's the best-selling book in history. Gallup survey states that the average American household owns four, but a study done in 2008 stated that only 16% of Americans read the Bible every day. Why is that, you think? Well, here's why I think. I think it's because we haven't met the author. We haven't met the author. And here, right at the beginning of the book of Genesis, page 1 in the Bible, we come face to face not only with the author of the revelation given to us in God's holy word, but the main character. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And so as we open up Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and we consider this one verse... I don't think there's a scripture verse in the Bible more pregnant with meaning than in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I want us to think of meeting the author, the main character. And I want us to consider why it is that God created. And my argument is going to be God created everything for his glory including us. And we haven't got to the point of his creation of man on day six, so we will. But God created everything for his glory, including us. And so we have three points this morning. We're going to look at those distinct parts of that first verse. We're going to look at in the beginning, what does that mean exactly? And then we're going to look at God created, what does that mean exactly? And then finally, the heavens and the earth. In the beginning... 
in the beginning is an interesting phrase, isn't it? Beginning of what? What is it called, the, the thing that's for the, before the beginning? What do you call that? And that's what I want us to consider on this first point, in the beginning. You see, God has made himself known. He set up a book signing, we could say, a meet the author event. He's revealed his characteristics to us, his attributes. And I know nobody can truly describe God, but there are things about him that we know because He's shown us to them. He's shown them to us. It's as Calvin says, he speaks to us in a baby voice as if to little children. And he reveals himself to us. He wants us to know these things about him. And I believe these are things that are going to deepen our appreciation and love for the scriptures. As we embark on our, stir, our, our, our journey through Genesis. The first thing that we need to understand is that everything finds its origin in God. Everything begins with God. Nothing is without God, and without God there is nothing. And that's because God is eternal. If in the beginning, God, that means that before there was a beginning, only God. I want you to think of the oldest person you've ever known. Statistically, there's a woman in France who has supposedly lived to be 122 years old, and that's the longest living person to date. But in your mind, who is the oldest person you know? Maybe you're the oldest person you know. <laughs> Think about this. God's not 100 years old. God's not 1,000 years old. God's not 10,000 years old. God's not 100,000 years old. God's not 1 million years old. God's not 1 billion years old. No matter how far back you can think, you can't fathom where God started. And no matter how far ahead you think, you can't fathom where God stops. He has no beginning. He has no end. He just is. And so in the beginning, God means that before there was a beginning, only God. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 tells us that by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. It's important that we understand that when Moses wrote these words, in the beginning, God there was actually an understanding about creation, a cosmology that believed that there was a God, but that God came around and he created the universe we see out of already existing material. He simply molded it, shaped it, created something out of something he already had. And Genesis 1 verse 1 begins with a declaration that this God is the only true God, and this God is eternal, which means God created out of nothing. He created. Not out of pre-existing material. But out of nothing. 
Let's look at that second point, God created. God created not out of pre-existing material. If everything begins with God, then how did all this get here, right? Genesis 1.1 tells us, creation displays the greatness of God. In everything, we should find the signature of an almighty creator. The Belgic Confession of Faith tells us that we have two books, one of which is creation. That book, because of the fall, is not an infallible book. It's not one that perfectly displays to our fallen nature who God truly is. We need scripture. We need special revelation. Nonetheless, we read the Psalms and it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. In everything, we find the signature of an almighty creator. Back when I was in high school and taking biology class and, and taking science, I remember watching a video that was put together about how uh, molecular you can go, how, how, how much science we've created that allows you to see microscopically. And it started all the way out in space and it came in closer and closer and closer. And it came in and it went into a plant and it went into the, the molecular, the microscopic version of the plant. And it went all the way to whatever it was that limit was, right? 10,000 something. And, uh, and it said, that's where we stop. We, we can't go any further than this. And me and another a gentleman that was in that class with me that actually grew up to go on to be in ministry as well looked at each other and we said, yeah, because if you could go any closer, it'd probably, be, it'd probably say, sign God. Everything we see is the signature of an almighty creator. But a lot of modern science has worked toward proving God out of the equation. That all this happened randomly, by chance, through evolution, absent of an intelligent design. See, that's even a step further away, right, from, from uh, the idea that there is a creator, but that he created things out of an already existing material. That's saying there isn't a creator. There was only a big bang. Well, where'd the big bang come from? And what did the Big Bang bang into if there wasn't the universe or a, a place? You know, people will go so far to remove God from the equation that they will come up with a multiverse. That there are multiple universes, multiple levels of existence, parallel universes, and this just happens to be the one where life can exist. All the other ones, it's all death and destruction and But if you follow and adapt that philosophy as a whole, atheism doesn't really proclaim that God is non-existent, but instead that we are our own gods. We are the crowning jewel of ourselves. So let's say that's true then, right? We, we, need, to, uh, we need to create something that lets the world know how great we are. So figuratively, Let's say I hand you a little pack of Play-Doh. Everyone here this morning, we all get Play-Doh to play with. And our challenge is to make something with this Play-Doh that will show the world your greatness. 
And so go ahead, use your imagination. If you had some Play-Doh, you go ahead and create. And when we get done with that, when we get done with that Play-Doh creation, everyone is going to think we just graduated from preschool, right? How many of us can make something great out of Play-Doh? Like a flower, an ocean, a sunset. And we come up with the greatest things that we can create, things that are, are magnificent and, 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 and unimaginable. And, and I read this and I think this came from someone's mind. This came, this was a creation that he thought of, that he wrote, that he produced, that he created. This is not creation out of nothing. Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, I can read this book and I can see in it the influences of J.R.R. Tolkien, of Homer's Odyssey, the Iliad. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just Plato, right? You got to give me something more to work with here. Well, you know what? God made this world out of nothing. That's how awesome God is. It's hard to grasp it, isn't it? In the beginning, God created. God opened his mouth, and it was. But there's also another really important thing that this tells us. When Genesis 1, verse 1, tells us that God created, it tells us something very important. It says that there is God, and then there is everything else. There is God, and then there's everything else. There is the Creator and His creation, there is the Creator and His creatures. And this distinction is important because Genesis 3 will come around and we will learn that the great sin is thinking that we are God. What is it the serpent said, right? God doesn't want you to eat that because if you eat it, you'll be like God. We are made in God's image, but we are not God's little g. God is the creator. We are his creatures. And this goes hand in hand with the next point that we have here, God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens and the earth means everything. It's a statement that stands for the entire created universe. And it's a statement that stands for both the visible and invisible world. 
all is dependent upon God and he is sovereign over it all. And all of creation is accountable to him because he is the creator. We are the creation. We owe our lives to him. We owe our very existence to him. Without God, there is nothing. And so, we are dependent upon him for our every breath, for our every heartbeat, for our every waking moment. He is the God who holds together his universe, the universe of his creation. Heavens and the earth means everything. It means the entire created world. It means all things owe their obedience to God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I think there's something else that we ought to think of when we consider Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And that is this. That God is a self-sufficient God. God is a God who is satisfied in himself. The three persons of the Holy Trinity lived in perfect harmony, in unity, and community. All the way throughout all of eternity before there even was a beginning. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, why did God create He didn't need to. This is something we have to think about. Would would God be less God if he had not created? Is God dependent upon his creation? The answer to that question is no. And so God created for a very specific reason. God created Everything for his glory, including us. God created to reveal himself to his creation. God created so that he could display all of his wonder, his attributes, so he could reveal to us his character and nature, so he could show us who he is, not only a God of justice and wrath, but a God of love and mercy, and grace. That God is all these things. And without a creation to display these things, without creatures who are made in His image, who are able to see these things, and grasp these things, and understand these things, God created everything for His glory. God created so that he could reveal himself to us and give himself to us. God created so that 
through the fall of mankind, he could show his character and his covenant promises to the people of God. And the coming of Jesus Christ, the promised one, and the one who would come and live and die on the cross as punishment for our sins, who would rise again three days later, who has ascended to sit at the right hand of God in heaven, and who sits there now waiting for the day when he will come to judge the living and the dead. John Piper is often famous for saying this, God is the gospel. And so some of us would read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and asked the question, where is the gospel in this? Where is the gospel story? Where is the good news? The gospel is that there is a beginning because God created in order to display his glory through the gospel of Jesus Christ. God said, let there be light. God was there in the beginning and created the heavens and the earth so that the Lamb of God who was slain before the creation of the world would come into existence and we would know the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that the creator of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth has for us, that we would know our help is in the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth. God created so we could meet the author and the main character. We would know where we came from and why we're here. That we would know who made us and who he made us for. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, your blessing upon our study of the book of Genesis. Help us to know who you are. Help us to see who you are. Help us to know Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. To Christ's name we pray. Amen.